I want to begin with that second reading because we don't hear it that often in the lectionary. This is Paul's second letter to Timothy. It's a powerful letter, and I just want to bring out some of the spiritual aspects of it. To give you a context, Paul is in prison at this time. He's been arrested. He's suffering. He's going to be shortly executed. And notice what he says to his young protege, Timothy. He says, remember. Now, that's an interesting word because it's a faculty that we have as human beings. We can recall previous events and hopefully transformative, beautiful events in our life that we can always bring forward by remembering and make them present. That's a gift. And it's an important gift, powerful gift, because those transformative events in our lives, those beautiful events, need to be present now, especially when we're going through maybe some dark times or we're struggling in an area. We need to remember these events that shaped us. And that's exactly what Paul is saying here. Now, we do it in our normal life. Just, just for example, if you go into a person's house, a couple that have been married for many years, normally what you see is prominently displayed pictures of their wedding, that very high moment of their life, that transformative moment, that beautiful moment. And that's important to highlight because when things maybe don't go so well, they can always see that picture and remember who they are and the vows that they've given. That's what Paul is doing here. He's telling Timothy, because Timothy is concerned for Paul. He knows Paul's in prison. All the faithful know that Paul's likely going to be executed. And Paul says, remember. And what's he remembering? Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. That's a transformative event for Paul. It happened only 40 years prior, because Paul is writing maybe 65, 60 A.D., and Jesus died in around 33 A.D. But for Paul, that event shaped everything. He would go on to say, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So it's not just the remembering, he brought it right into the heart and core of who he is. So that at the very moment when he was going to suffer greatly, in spirit, he was alive and flourishing. So much so that he says, this is my gospel, the fact that Jesus died and rose again, Gospel means good news. But then he says, for which I suffer hardship even to the point of being chained like a criminal. Paul was in chains. He couldn't go anywhere. He was limited physically. Then he says, but the word of God is not chained. Notice what he's doing here. He's writing a gospel right from prison. And now that gospel has gone out through the whole world from countless generations, people, even today, throughout the world, this is what we're reading. And he's saying, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. Now that is what is called this great word that we use in liturgy, amnesius, which is remembrance. The whole mass that we're doing right here is a remembrance. 
The past event was the crucifixion and death of Christ on the cross that is being transported right here, right now, and we're entering into it, participating in it as if we were there at the cross. That's what Paul is saying here. And that's going to shape all of Christianity because throughout the generations, martyrs after martyrs were put to death in terrible ways. What were they thinking of as they were being put to death? They were remembering Christ, crucified and risen. That was their reality. And we can go through some tough times, even today. In the church, we're going through difficult times. And in our lives, we can go through that as well. What's shaping us when that happens is the question. If we don't have Christ crucified in us, shaping us now today, what will happen is we will be moved around, shifted from event to event. Things will spin out of control. We'll turn inward. We'll get depressed. Maybe even throw in the towel and say, well, what can I do? And then stop coming to Mass or stop participating in the faith. But that doesn't lead anywhere except downward. Paul is saying, no. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Then he makes this remarkable statement. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect so that they may also obtain salvation at his in Jesus Christ with eternal glory. So Paul now is taking that suffering in prison and folding it into an offering to God and saying, I'm going to endure this suffering for the sake of the elect. I'm going to write this epistle, even though I'm terribly suffering. Those prison letters, Philippians, for example, written from prison, one of the most joyful letters in all of Scripture. Rejoice, I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, Paul says. Well, that's what the first spiritual lesson is for us. He goes on to say, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. Now he's looking forward. Having been shaped by that past event of Christ crucified, he's saying, if we die with Christ today, we will live with him eternally. Now, how do we die to Christ today? Well, Paul's speaking about baptism. Baptism is a central event in our life, one of those events that must not be put on the shelf, but informs everything we do. In baptism, we put on Christ. We clothe ourselves with Christ, which is why we're dressed in the white garment. We enter into that life, suffering, death, burial, so that just as Christ went through that and rose from the dead, we will rise with him. That's what he's referring to. Is our baptism that way? Does it mark everything in our lives? Then Paul says, if we have died with him, we will live with him. If we endure, we will reign with him. Paul is enduring physical suffering, but he knows he will reign with Christ eternally in the beatific vision. That's what's shaping him. Now, this is not something new that Paul thought up, this remembrance. He's actually picking up a theme from the Old Testament. What was the central event in the history of Israel? The Passover. When God, through those miracles, those ten plagues, took Israel out of captivity and brought them through the desert to the Promised Land. It was so monumental that God said to Moses, I want you to have a feast every year so that you will never forget this. And the Jews and their faith have done it ever since. 
And at the Passover meal, what happens is the youngest child of the family goes to the father and says, Father, why is this night so important? And then the father tells the story of how their ancestors were brought through the desert and escaped captivity and how he and his family now is escaping as well. They bring that whole event forward into the present. That's the story. And then they enter into a meal, the Passover meal. And what does that sound like? It's what we're doing right here this morning. We are entering into this Passover, not of Israel being saved from slavery, but of Jesus Christ, who suffered, died, and rose again. Because he took that Passover and he fulfilled it. And he told his apostles, do this in memory of me. He didn't want anyone to forget what Jesus was going to do the following day. And here we are. We're remembering. And that's beautiful. Let us continue to remember, because that's the whole foundation of our faith. We remember the Paschal mystery. We bring it forward into our life. We live it. It's the central event. It shapes everything. Now bring that into the gospel with these lepers. They were suffering terribly. And they came to Jesus. And they asked for healing. He healed them all physically. One of them remembers to come back and thank God. That was monumental for him because what did Jesus do? First of all, let me just read a very important sentence in that gospel. This is the one who came back, the healed leper. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and Eucharisted him. That's the Greek word, he Eucharisted him, which means he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. What did Jesus say? Rise, get up, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. That's a second healing. Physically, yes, but now spiritually he's been healed because by his faith he came back, thanked Jesus, prostrated himself. He knew now Jesus was Lord. Even though he was a Samaritan, he treated Jesus as God. And now he's healed spiritually. He'll be with God forever in heaven. Now, every time he prays in the future, he will remember that event. Not just his physical healing, but his spiritual healing. He'll remember that forever. He's remembering it now in heaven. That's what we're called to. That's why we're here. That's why we never forget what Christ did on the cross for us. And that's why we're Catholic. So now we're here. We've heard the story. We're going to enter into the meal. God will bless us even more with his own son, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Beautiful. We're strengthened. And we can say with Paul, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Because he does. The Eucharist comes right into us and shapes us. And we're a new creation. That's good news. Let's always remember who we are. And then tell the story and invite others into this wonderful event. The Passover of our Lord, bringing forth the cross right here, right now, and we're entering into it. We're offering our lives in union with Christ's sacrifice on the altar to the Father 
and God showers his blessings upon us. On this Thanksgiving weekend, let us always thank God for what he has done in his son and how we've been brought up in this faith. Let us never forget, always share the good news, bring others into our joy.